What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Always Two. There are a Star Wars discussion podcast. I am Josiah here with my co-host Steven. Hey guys. This episode we are jumping back into our What's Wrong with Star Wars conversation. Uh, I believe last time we left off with Rise of Skywalker. We yeah, just we're... finished talking about Grogu and Luke and the Last Jedi. Yeah, and how they did how they did Luke so wrong. Yep. So now we're gonna get into a Palpatine's return. Palpatine's Return, a, a much better title than The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, definitely more apt, <laughs> considering that the whole movie is about Palpatine's. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. All right, so we, we cover The Last Jedi a lot. Uh, we'll cover it... <laughs> If that wasn't in depth, we will cover it in more depth um, on our last Jedi episode. Uh, now, getting towards uh, getting into the rise of Skywalker and the problems that it and this this will go from from little things like what happens in that final battle against the Knights of Ren. Um, everything is wrong. Yeah, with this film. yeah, everything's wrong with it, right? And so, so the rise of Skywalker. Um, so we it opens with. With Ray's training scene, which I thought was was fine, it it reminded you a lot of of Luke training on Dagobah. It showed Ray in her like Jedi robes, and then we see Poe and Finn come back from whatever mission they were on. I can't remember it exactly, and we hear the might be the most the the best line of dialogue in in all of film. It it's really it encapsulates. So much thought into three words. The line somehow Palpatine returned. It just the as soon as you hear it, that's you, two words. It's three. Palpatine somehow. So, no, 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 oh, no, no. Somehow. Okay. The the key word here is somehow <laughs> because because now granted, love J.J. Abrams. I. I, he did now. Granted, this is I don't have as much of a problem with episode I, I nine. I can't tell how fatigued you were being right now. Oh, I'm being so so sarcastic. <laughs> the now, granted, I did not catch it my first time around. It wasn't until later that I started uh, like seeing on social media and stuff people like the memes that came out of somehow Palpatine returned. The fact that. Like they were all from the trailers and everything. They do all explain of it these in the movie. people. They do to a point, but the the fact that in that movie, in that movie, there is a line of dialogue that says somehow Palpatine returned. Is just like it starts off. Now, it's granted, Poe who says that, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yikes. It's so bad. It's one of your so main rough. characters. I, yeah, that's that's a that's that line of dialogue is better than any line of dialogue in the prequels. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Love Star Wars. <laughs> Writing's never been great. Okay, <laughs> writing's never been great. Story writing, yes. Dialogue writing, not so much. Mm, yeah. Well, the original trilogy's got some pretty good. It's got some. It's got some, not so much. Anyway, yeah, episode nine, as much as I love it, starts off real bad. Somehow Palpatine returned. How did we get there? Like, 
I understand that J.J. Abrams is trying to fix Star Wars. You want to know the absolute worst thing about Episode Nine? Why not? The, the, the How we learned that Palpatine was alive. Okay, go for it. Oh, no, I remember that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, go the, into uh, it. You ready to start your Fortnite dancing? <sighs> let's, let's announce Palpatine's return through Palpatine telling us himself <laughs> in a game of Fortnite. Uh, I mean... Wait, is that really the first we heard about yes. it? Yes. It was a game of Fortnite. They released a Stormtrooper skin. And then in the middle of a game, for like I think all matches that were going on at that time, you just, everything goes dark, like dark skies. And it's like, ooh, it got super cloudy, like it's going to storm or something. And then you just hear like Palpatine go, yeah, 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 yeah. I have returned. And you're just like, Oh, the marketing is strong with this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. It, it, it just, it, it, that's part of what's so, that right there is actually one of the key things that's wrong with Star Wars. Is that, it that, that announcement and the way they did it really tells Disney's intentions with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it's it is not something that they are making because they want to be creative. They want to make money and they know Star Wars is a big name. Yeah. That will make them money. Because it it's not the fact that Palpatine returned. There's nothing wrong with that in itself. Because I think like when we get to the end of that movie, um when Palpatine says the line, I am all the Sith however terrible it is for the lore, I'm not entirely against it because I think Palpatine... Wait, that was right before Iron Man snapped his fingers and said, <laughs> I am Iron Man, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I... Uh, because I think, I think Palpatine was... May not have been the most powerful Sith, but he definitely perfected the dark side in a way that no one else had before. Palpatine? Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's why I was saying, like, it's not the it, it's not that I have a problem with him returning; it's how it happened. I'll loan you my uh, Dark Empire trilogy. Is that a is that a book series? Comics. Uh, okay, I might read it. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It was one of those comics that was. Is this current canon? No, it got. It got wiped out. It was this was produced in like the nineties. I did not know there it were was there were can, like good like Star Wars comics before, because I knew that Marvel was making Star Wars comics after Disney bought out Star Wars. Yeah, and like they had Marvel and Star Wars and all the things. But I did not know that there were comics before all of that. Oh, a lot of comics. I am currently in the process of collecting them. Oh right, you told me that. Uh, so the Dark Empire trilogy was something that actually fans found either like a good chunk did not like it and a good chunk really liked it uh and it it was kind of a 50 50 if i remember correctly but it was not nearly as divisive as the last jedi but it did have like a clear either you liked it or you didn't kind of there 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 weren't a lot of people who were like i kind of like it i kind of don't there are some things i do like some things i don't 
Dark Empire Trilogy is set like five years after the Battle of Endor or something like that. Palpatine returns. He actually, and he takes control over the Empire. He takes re-control and he does it through clones. But they these are not like weird flesh puppet things like Snoke was. And Luke realizes the only way to truly defeat the Emperor is to genuinely fall to the dark side and become his apprentice. All as a very long game, a long con, to discover his secrets, find all of his clones, destroy them all at the same time, and then I will ultimately come back to the light because I never truly left it. Like, I took the light side and compartmentalized it so that the rest of me could be the dark side, but I could still regain that light side. But... While people didn't like it, those that did, and even those that didn't like it, they just didn't like the idea that he had returned. They didn't have any kind of problem with the explanation. Nobody, from what I recall, when I say nobody, but most people didn't really seem to have any problem with how he came back because the comics do go pretty decently in-depth in how he did it. They explained it. It was involved. It was a contingency plan in the event that he got betrayed. Because, you know, the whole shtick of the Sith was the whole thing with the Rule of Two is the apprentice gets strong enough to defeat the master, then kills the master and becomes the master, and then gets their own apprentice. And that way the Sith are growing ever stronger. So it would make sense that Palpatine, being as arrogant and narcissistic as he is, would be like, okay, so... How do I make sure that my apprentice can't kill me? Oh, okay, clones. And I'll find some ancient force technique, which is called essence transfer, and I will use that so that when my apprentice does finally kill me, if they finally kill me, then I'll just, upon that death, that will trigger an essence transfer into a clone, and then they won't know I'm alive, and then I can plot my revenge and eventually... Take back the title as this master. Sounds, this sounds great. This and, sounds. I feel like they they tried. They tried to touch on. They they tried to do this in Rise of Skywalker. They just failed epically. <laughs> yes, because it was. And, and this is why. This is the tr- the real reason why I was being a little sarcastic when I said like the Fortnite thing. Though that is true and it's terrible, but. So much of the Rise of Skywalker is them trying to retcon The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's, they're trying to scramble to answer questions from Episode 7 that got either abandoned or didn't get answered yet. Yeah. That now needed to be answered. Um, it was trying to please the fans. People were so upset when Luke tossed the lightsaber... Which is why in episode nine, Ray or Leia, Ray tosses the lightsaber and then Luke catches it, and then says something that completely flies in his characterization from episode eight when he's like, "I think uh, the weapon of a Jedi deserves more respect." Yeah, That's and it's like, exact line. why would you say that after you literally just said like, "Screw the Jedi." Yeah, like like you could tell when when watching Rise of Skywalker that. They were they were attempting as much as possible to pretend that the last shot didn't happen. 
Yeah. Like it, whenever possible, just forget that it existed. And then like the, the the just the writing, like the story writing in that movie is terrible. You have two thirds of the movie is literally a a fetch quest. The only other type of quest that is more hated in like gaming are escort quests. Yeah. It, it, it's the fetch quest was just like go kill three of these things and bring me back their furs. Like people hate that because it's boring, it's uninteresting, and it's like a dime a dozen. And that's the first two thirds of this movie is go find the wayfinder, go find the Sith dagger. And it's just like, okay, this yeah, is see, riveting, I... riveting storytelling now, here. So granted, when I watched Rise of Skywalker, this was before I had gotten really in-depth of uh, learning good film and learning to see good film, good cinematography, etc. And so I didn't catch on to a lot of those things. And so I came out of the Rise of Skywalker with a relatively positive uh, feeling about it. Yeah, so, you know, with, with Rise of Skywalker... It, it's just it and it's so discompobulated there's so many things that are plot conveniences like honestly what are the chances that the stormtroopers are your average typical stormtroopers who can't hit the broadside of a planet during the entire chase scene on that desert planet tattooing 3.0 until the very moment that they are over the sand, quicksand things that lead to the Sith Dagger that they are there to find. Then the Stormtroopers get perfect aim, blow them up, and they they get flung into that sand, and then immediately fall directly on top of the dagger. Like, what are the chances of that happening? Very low. <laughs> Way lower than that. It, it's such a con- it is such a convenience... That it only happened because they needed it to happen yeah. in order to move the movie on. Yeah. It, it, nothing happens naturally or organically in that film. I feel like there's very... This may be a thing across 8 and 9. Because um, I don't think it applies to episode 7. I feel like the stakes are not very high. Because in episode 7, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. And it's an amazing moment. And then in episode nine, Ray kills Chewie, except she doesn't. That's another thing. Okay, this is one of the things that people have harped on with episode nine forever since it released. There are so many bait and switches with character deaths. Mm -hmm. The only character that really dies and stays dead is General Hux. Mm. We have C-3PO. But actually, surprise, R2 has a backup copy of C-3PO's memories up to, like, a few days before that. So, every I, I feel like every time a main character died and then came back, they should have just died. I agree. Like, I think that, uh, like, Kylo not killing Leia and then the TIE fighter comes in and kills her. I think it's okay that she dies there. No. Because that is a, that is a huge motivation for... Kylo to turn away from the Empire. Have you seen Game of Thrones? No. Hold on, hold on. And then when Finn is about to sacrifice himself to save the the Resistance, I was so, like, in that moment, I was like, oh my god, 
he's going to sacrifice himself. And I was like, like preparing myself for that. And then Rose comes in and stops him. Like, what are you doing? Let him, it was perfect. It was so perfect. And then, then Mm -hmm. we have in, in episode nine, it was Chewie who like, I think Chewie is one of those characters that deserves a heroic death. Like he, in the EU, Chewie dies to save Anakin Solo. Uh, and no, if he if he dies in that ship that Ray destroys, like I think that it's not the best, right? But it's okay. I think it's better than him being in a different ship. And he's like, oh, we got him. He's alive. It's like they just they they lower the stakes across both of those movies so much so that you know, cause you always know the light side's gonna win because it's Star Wars, but. Like in in the original trilogy, we lose Obi Wan, we lose Yoda, we lose however many X Wing pilots and uh, Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar doesn't die. He does. Um, cut. He dies in the sequels. episode eight. He's on the bridge with Leia when it blows up. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna cut that out because it makes me look like a total Star Wars fool. <laughs> um. In the in the prequel trilogy, we lose Qui Gon. We lose uh, all kinds of Jedi in the uh, in the battle of the on Geonosis. We lose mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. Like we watch Kit Fisto get cut down in so terrible. There's actually a theory he terrible, survived that terrible fashion. I would be. I would. Bro, a, a Disney Plus show with Mace Windu and Kit Fisto. There's a theory like, that Kit Fisto survives. Survive. Oh, that would and, be. And it has to do oh. with like bad editing, and, and because in that show he gets cut down and is presumably killed by the blow. Yeah, but then in a later shot, there is a shot. I think it's just one shot that shows that door frame, and Kit Fisto's crumpled body is not on the ground. And then, it, and then we don't see the floor ever again. So it's like, so the theory is like, did he crawl off? Did he survive and like manage to crawl to like the lift and get down? And is oh, survives man. Order sixty six and is like hiding somewhere on. Coruscant? I would love that so much. Me too. Kit Fisto is oh, one of my favorite Kit Jedi. Fist. Bro, imagine if they brought him back for live action and got the guy from Clone Wars. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I love Kit Fisto. He's so All right. great. Okay, so low stakes. <laughs> We've covered, and it's just so. Uh, so Game of Thrones actually did it really well. They, I, I think they might have done the a bait little and switch too. or stakes, no, stakes, because they actually like George R. R. Martin is not afraid to kill off characters. So I saw, I saw a meme the other day that was it was the Game of Thrones series stacked up, um, the book stacked up, and there was a sticky note every time a character died, and there was like. 17 packs of sticky notes spread between these nine like however many books there are yeah and the uh, captions like game of thrones fans are you okay because like these characters (laughs) are all dying so i mean they they kill george r R. martin kills off main like the main character he kills off and then the point of view switches to a new main character that eventually gets killed off the main villain gets killed off and then the point of view switches to a new main villain, and then they get killed. Like, he is not afraid to kill and keep dead main characters, along with a plethora of side characters. And if Rise of Skywalker had done this, it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but they didn't. And, and let's see, they, they uh, we got C-3PO, Chewbacca, Kylo Ren, Rey. Uh, Kylo Ren, actually, Kylo Ren twice. No, so, 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 I'm going to disagree with you there. I think him crawling out of that hole, I think Rey is the one that should have stayed dead. No, 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 I'm saying, like, the bait and switches. Oh, okay, 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 like, okay. Kylo Ren gets stabbed fatally, but then she force heals him back to life. He gets tossed to his death by Palpatine, but then he oh he crawls out and it's like the way he got tossed and the way you see him like land on his back and bounce off those rocks should have snapped him in half. So I I actually I have no problem with him surviving that fall. He it is it is explainable enough that he like he he was able to like it explain like for it's, it's explainable enough that he falls down the hole. He he grabs a handhold somewhere, and it takes him that time to climb up, and he misses that climactic battle. That is not outside my realm of believability. It's when he gets up and and transfers his life essence and brings back Ray, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like because I I have no problem with the first one when he. Because it's when it's when Ray stabs him, right? Yeah, I have no problem with that because that shows Ray's character, um, and I think it's a because it, we we saw that she could force heal, and it, I think it shows her, like even in this moment, when as far as I think at this point, Ray fully believes that Kylo has killed Princess Leia, and that is why she acts in that moment so aggressively and then it's it's Leia's voice that makes her regret it if I'm remembering the movie correctly no and... it was because so she never thought Leia was dead until she felt her die right and it was in right, that right, right. moment she used because Kylo feels Leia die and so he like slows down and stops and Ray uses that moment knowing what's happened and why Kylo is stopped because she can feel it too. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, then yeah, uses yeah. that there moment to stab him. But then it's just like, oops, never mind. See, again, again, I because of like the heat of battle and she is like blinded by rage in that moment. Like, I have no problem with her healing him at that moment because that also that moment brings Kylo to the light side. That that moment is where we get the switch from Kylo Ren to Ben Solo. And it, because I'm such a big fan of Ben Solo, I'm okay with that moment. It's the second one when he sacrifices and his life and brings Rey back that I have a problem with because I think it is a better story if Rey is the one that dies and he's the one that continues the tradition of the Jedi. Because he was the one that broke it down in the first place. And that is... I can't remember if we talked about this on a recorded episode or in a conversation. But that character arc would be so great. That like he is the one that brings down the Jedi. And he is therefore the one that later after coming... It is, it is like the... It's what it's what could have happened with Anakin, right? That Anakin was the one that brings down the Jedi, but what if Darth Vader survived and brought him back, right? I know I'm I'm 
this is heresy, heresy, but or whatever that word is, heresy, heresy. Anyway, um, I'm blasphemous. What? But like, I would be okay with that. Now, granted, I will say this is fully because I'm a huge fan of the character Ben Solo. I love Adam Driver. It's one of my favorite actors. He is talented, and I love Ben Solo. Like when the moment when when Ray hands Kylo the lightsaber through their force time connection, I don't I can't entirely tell you how I feel about the being able to transfer the the lightsaber because I think in like in a in a moment of great need I think it's fine. I remember that I think in that unreleased episode you went into kind of in depth like why that is such a problem. And like what it would mean for the Star Wars universe as a whole. But in that moment, I was fine with it. Because we then got to see Ben Solo wielding a blue lightsaber. Kicking Knights of Ren. But like I loved that fight scene so much. Because I love Ben Solo so much. So I will admit my my view is a little skewed. I mean I can't, I can't fault you I guess. When you when you like a character, you'll naturally like Yeah. When they have their moment, their character moment. Yeah. But oh, God, it so, I you know for just, me. just just real quick, hold that thought. That moment was on for my nerddom and my just enjoyment of pop culture. Ben Solo wielding a blue lightsaber was on the same level of Captain America wielding Mjolnir. Mm. I got the same rush of excitement. And That's fair. like when Captain America wielded Mjolnir, the world went crazy. Because we it was one of those things that we were all ready for it to happen. It was amazing. It was just the way it happened in the movie was so great. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about we're not here to talk about the Avengers. This is but, an interesting thing you mentioned that cuz that's another parallel is that Mjolnir is flying off screen and we're like, "Oh, Thor's going to catch it. Yeah. And then Captain Mary caught it. Yeah. It's so and great. It's amazing. Oh, I love it so Force much. In Force Awakens, we see the lightsaber go flying in the snow. Yeah. And we're all like, who's going to catch it? And then it was Rey. I, in, so way back in 2015, in that moment, I was like, Luke's going to catch it. Yeah. And this is Luke's introduction. This is going to be great. Mark Hamill thought that's what was going to happen. <laughs> he even he even talked about it in an interview. He thought that was going to be his in, his introduction. And uh, no, it's like Ray caught it. Now, again, I have no problem in that moment with Ray catching it. Because I think the... I don't know how much of a problem you have with Ray besting Kylo in that fight. Uh, but... I think just with with where pop culture is at, I think that that moment was was great, um, and I think it really showed Kylo's ineptitude, Her? while also Ray's. Because um, I don't I don't necessarily think it can be fully attributed to attributed attributed to like the Force helping Ray fight because like we had seen she was a somewhat competent combatant. Just not with a lightsaber. Yeah. So right. I'll I'll say that I didn't mind her catching it, mm -hmm. but her being proficient with it, I did not like. And I think that's valid for me. 
having been a competitive fencer for like 14 years when years from now when we have a bingo card of things that get mentioned a lot that'll be one of them yes i you know i i understand what it takes to learn how to wield a sword yeah i mean and, and then so her being and when you are fencing someone who is not necessarily better than you but more trained than you it's very noticeable. Yeah. It, it's difficult to fence them because when when your opponent's technique is is more practiced or more refined than yours, or you don't really know yeah. what the techniques are, but they do, they are able to trick you. They're able to pull things on you, and yeah. you don't know what it is they're doing. So what you end up doing is you're just kind of like, you just you swing your blade in front of you, hoping that. At some point, they'll make a mistake and you'll connect and See, score I think, a point. I think where I can say that I'm okay with this moment is, is that this really shows Kylo's ineptitude in wielding a lightsaber. Which I don't think is... like Not necessarily... Because uh, Snoke says in The Force Awakens that he has not completed his training. Right? He, true. he is still training. And like we see that he is powerful in the force like he's the first person we see at least in the movies to use like a force freeze power right but like even even finn is able to go toe-to-toe with him for a time yes right and and it's not until that moment when he uses his like exhaust port cross guard thing to mess up his shoulder and then slice him across the back but like it shows that Kylo Ren is not like the... Because the Sith we see in the rest of the Star Wars universe are always some of, if not the most powerful lightsaber slash force wielders around. Yes. Like in in The Phantom Menace, we see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan being proficient fighters, and then we see Darth Maul kill Qui-Gon. See, that's actually something that's actually explicitly mentioned in uh, the second Knights of the Old Republic game. Oh. Is uh, Kreia, talking to the main character, comments that the ancient Sith Lords... And these games are 4,000 years before yeah. episode 4. Yeah. And the ancient Sith Lords that she is referring to are 1,000 years before those games. And she's saying, at that point, they are those Sith Lords were the best duelists the galaxy had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that... Since their time, duelists have only been getting worse as time goes on. Because the the uh, like that ancient art and that ancient refinement and skill is just the golden age of lightsaber dueling and and kind of melee combat has is has, has passed. And I I think we see that um, in the in the perfect world where Kotor two is canon. I think we see that in the prequels and sequels or no hope sorry the prequels and original trilogy because say what you will about the prequel trilogy the lightsaber fights were amazing they were they were amazing and as much as i love the original trilogy lightsaber fights left a lot to be desired that's true uh i do personally attribute that mostly to the time the day and age that they were filmed Yes, uh, but things back then were generally less flashy than they are than they were in the late '90s, early 2000s. This is valid. Um, 
But you also had uh, Kurosawa's samurai movies. That's true. With great blade combat. Like, you can't attribute it completely to the times. That's true. Uh, Because even as far as just, like, sword combat goes, those fights were not great. That's true. I also want to say part of the reason was because Alec... I don't know if Alec Guinness had a had a stunt double for that fight scene or not. Or if he was doing it himself. That first one was rough. I, I really want to say Alec Guinness did that fight himself. Because like, cause Luke versus Vader is better. But it's still... It, it, it's, it's hard to watch now looking back because of how far lightsaber fights have come. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things about the sequel trilogy that have as bad seen... as it was... It was a return to great lightsaber fights. Have you seen Scene Thirty Eight Remastered? Oh, I uh, I have never actually sat down and watched it. It's it's great. I know. It's I have heard that it's great. I I've it's heard great. everyone recommend it. I've never actually sat down and watched it, and I need to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. But, when they, when that that fight scene reimagined is really cool. Yeah, I've 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 heard a lot about it. I and they to... and now that we know more about the force in terms of it cinematically, they do a pretty good job of integrating some force moves and attacks into that fight scene. All right, guys. So I think that's about all we have right now for like what's wrong with Star Wars. Uh, we we've started to kind of like deviate a little bit from that yeah, topic. Yeah. The last ten minutes or so. We'll cover. Our next episode will we we'll be will, like we will begin the the like process. My process of how I'd fix yeah. Star Wars as a fran it's and it's how to fix it as a franchise as a whole, not just like let's rewrite the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we we will probably also touch on. <laughs> maybe so we touched on a lot in this episode actually. <laughs> so okay, so I think that's it for like what's wrong with Star Wars, uh, but we're gonna. Talk real fast about uh, this week in Kotor. This week in Kotor. So, just a quick uh, heads up: the one of the recurring one of the this will be a recurring segment um, in these episodes is an update of uh, my experiences in Kotor, and then once I finish Kotor, the Old Republic. Uh, this started when we were talking about this podcast, and I had mentioned that I had never played. The Old Republic, and Steven was saying... Like, oh, My jaw dropped. Yeah, it was, like it's such a great game. It's got a great story and everything. And I was like, all right, well, let's play through it. And then we started talking about the podcast. I'm like, what if we talked about like what we did this week in Old Republic on the podcast? And then I bought a Switch and downloaded KOTOR and started playing KOTOR. And I was like, I'm going to finish this first. So this segment began as This Week in the Old Republic and is now this week in KOTOR. Yeah, I think we changed it that way because there are like a small handful of things yeah. in the Old Republic... That reference Kodor, yeah. but like nothing that you need to have played Kodor in order to understand. It's it's basically because I don't want to put down Kodor because I'm very which is into totally it right fair. Now. I uh, completely understand. So that. all right, that literally in the past week and a half, I have started I've started playing the game and gotten to I just got on the like in the Ebon Hawk for the first time. Um, so this playthrough, I'm playing a soldier build. Plus three strength, plus three con, plus two dex. I think I have plus zero to all my mental stats. So I am like fully, I just. Are you doing a dark side or light side? I don't know because I can't decide. Are you going to do like the gray where you'll, you'll decide dark side, light side based on the situation as it comes up? That is, that is kind of what I've been doing because 
I don't know because I'm I'm not one to role play in a video game, but I am. It it does seem a little, uh, boring, in the way that the game presents the light side dark side, to always pick one or the other, because the choices are always so drastic. Like like when you're on terrace and, uh, you come across the. The bounty, uh, not bounty, like the the two dudes that are like harassing. Oh, the Athorian. Yeah, and and. Or is it the the because the, there's one where it's, it's two kids harassing an Athorian because they don't like aliens because they racist, and then there's another one where it's an old man being shaken down. It's that one. It's that one because you kill you kill the two guys, right? And then you can decide you can decide to be like, all right, give me give me some money because I just saved your life, or you could be like. I, I realize like here's I think you say like here's a hundred credits to pay off Davik, and it's like, in that moment I chose the here's a hundred credits because I had like a few thousand credits like hundred credits is nothing right, but then yeah. later when you're talking to the Jedi Council on Dantooine and they're like, all right, uh, can you can you commit to follow the Force or blah 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 and it's like I'm like you're scrolling through and it's like yes I I fully commit and I'll do whatever it takes and it's like in brackets lie of course i'll of course i'll follow the force i'll 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 lay down my life for the jedi and it's like now that's that that just keeping that door open is and is a little interesting right and so i i haven't decided yet uh i think i'm leaning dark side because i don't know what is considered the right way to play kotor but i definitely um took Bastil, or no, I you have. So initially, I took Bastila's double bladed lightsaber and gave her the single blade lightsaber <laughs> because double bladed lightsabers double are way are cooler. And then uh, now that I've got the other Jedi, I can't remember her name. Julani. Yeah, that or one. No, Juhani. 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 Something. something I, I believe it's one of those. Uh, so Juhani. now what I'm doing is I'm dual. I'm dual wielding because my my build is heavily two weapon fighting and so currently i'm, I'm dual wielding and so she has a vibroblade at this point in my party and bachelor has her yeah. double bladed lightsaber back uh <laughs> and then i went to the i found the crystal cave um on dancing oh, right on and what do I, you think of the kinrath are those the little spider things yeah uh i mean i think they're really derpy <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a game from the what two thousand like yeah, two thousand and there was only two thousand one so... two thousand two. I think the kid rat things are so they're just like these little tripod things with like an arm out, coming out of their forehead with yeah. a little claw on it. Like I, so yeah. Um. Anyway, so you go through the the crystal cave, and you get like one blue crystal, one green crystal, one yellow crystal, and seventeen red crystals because you get uh because you get. Out of the eggs, like every egg gives you a red crystal. Uh, out of the crystal formations, you get the blue and the green and the yellow, etc. And also the power crystals, all of that. Yeah. So right now, solely because it matches Davik's power armor, my character is dual wielding red lightsabers. I haven't fully mm. decided if I'm Sith or not. I do. I Are did. you able to use force powers while wearing that armor? You're, you're able to use some. Most most force powers are restricted by armor, but the problem is is that uh, 
my character is not a like maxed out dex build and therefore the jedi robes do not offer any protection because it's like two to ac plus your dex and like my dex is two so davik's power armor is like 10 to 8 or i think it's 8 to ac plus two dex which is maxes me out at 10 i will go back uh to dantooine at some point and get the fet armor um which is 10 to ac plus i think uh zero dex but who has the fet armor the the merchant right outside the jedi enclave oh the rodian yes okay um oh did you do the the droid yeah i destroyed him and lied to her <laughs> and then she How went cruel she went into the jedi enclave and i never found her so i also i'm my first playthrough i i did the whole like families do uh families oh, yeah. war thing um i didn't do it this playthrough just because I was trying to get to this point as quickly as possible because I've gotten here multiple times and never gone past it. Oh. And so I, I was ignoring – I skipped through most if not all of the dialogue up until this point in the game because I've seen it all before. Did you do um, the, the, the death duel, the deathmatch duel on Terrace? I think. Oh yeah, Bendex Starkiller. Yo, I so the first time I played through the game, I think I was a scout or a scoundrel. I think I, I've done both of those, and that fight was I had to like uh, Google like, all right, how do you beat Bendex? This was He's, the first Starkiller in Star Wars. Like it's impossible to beat this guy, and then Plas- plasma like, grenades. Looked, yeah, plasma grenades, <laughs> and then I go to it and I go into it as a soldier. Um, before I think I was level three, maybe four. And I like I know where the the dueling ring is and everything, so I go there first thing. That's the first thing I did, and I take the first fight because the first couple playthroughs I did the first fight, had to go level up a couple times, did the second fight, etc. Right. I one shotted all of the all of the duel duelists the first time. Like I went in like all right first fight, and you go in and they pull out a gun. Well, I am a I'm a dual wielding class, so I run up to them. They get one shot in, and then we're in melee fighting, and I destroy them. And this went for every single fight until Bendex Starkiller. And the only reason I didn't hit, get him right off the bat is because uh, it takes so long to get from the lower city to the upper city, and I just didn't want to take that time to go back and forth. <laughs> so by the time I did get back up to the top. It was like when I was like on my way off the planet, and so I just absolutely wrecked him, no problem. What it do was you great. think of the uh, the like the Sith troopers? What do you think of their design? Uh, I like I like them. I do too. Because um, mainly because my first introduction to that style of armor was in the Force Unleashed when you get the Sith acolyte armor. And it, or it was like the Sith Trooper armor, something like that. And it's like that. It's that silver, that like shiny silver. Uh, the almost. It's like chrome. Like o- like almost Roman, not almost Roman, almost Spartan like uh, helmets. Oh yeah. Uh, Etc. So yeah, I I really like. Um, yeah, I liked their. I like the design of like, the. The the because I think at this point in time it's the reconstituted Sith Empire, though these Sith encoder are not part of that. They aren't really, they're they're just pawns of the reconstituted Sith, which is something from the old Republic. Uh, Don't spoil it. Spoiling it for you. Wait, oh, we did we did warn that there will be spoilers for everything in this podcast. Yes, we did. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it, it's I, I I don't know. I like the designs of the Sith. I like the designs of the Republic. I think it's really I think the Republic are are pretty colorful. Yeah, uh, they're like oranges and yellows, some reds and like black. Uh, rather than just like the white clone troopers. Now, I am I'm curious. Uh this is just like a random like gameplay question. Do you get like does Sith armor allow you to use force powers? What do you mean because, by like, Sith armor? Like I don't is there Sith armor that like gives you good AC without taking away cuz like force lightning there's only a few powers you can use with armor on and like uh saber throw is one of them which is why that's where I put most of my points right off the bat cuz I could use it with the war armor on. I'm just wonder I'm just curious cuz the Sith are typically more padded up than the Jedi. Well, that's no. disappointing. Uh, Steven just shook his head. So, no. There you'll get dark red dark Jedi robes, but they're the same as just Jedi robes. It's uh-huh. just a, a it's just a cosmetic thing. It doesn't actually like if you're wearing dark Jedi robes and then you go back to the enclave and talk to like Master Vandar, he's not going to comment on like, "Oh, you're wearing Sith I was robes. wondering if anyone would notice that I was dual wielding red lightsabers, but I no. guess I guess no. Um, nope. In oh, well. In in Coder two, they actually have that kind of armor. It's like neophyte Jalshe. They they have several, but they are like plated robes. Like they're like Ooh, half robes yeah, see, that's, oh, that's and robe, but they're like plated in durasteel. Yeah, uh, Coder two really expanded a lot on they, that kind they of need stuff. To, they need to release that on Switch because I otherwise have no way to play it. Anyway, they have uh, to. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently. I'm currently on the Ebon Hawk. I haven't landed anywhere yet because you have to make a decision where to land next. Where do you want to go first? I don't know. I really, I have no, I don't know. See, I tend to I go might, to... I might go to Tatooine just because I know Tatooine and I want to see if maybe I can go kill the Crate Dragon, get the Crate Dragon Pearl and... That's fair. Get that... It's the that best... Pearl Crystal, whatever. The Pearl Crystal is the best augment for lightsabers in the game. Does it give you the... Because uh, one of my buddies was telling me that when a crate dragon pearl is used as a, a lightsaber power crystal, it is it changes the sound. Does that happen in Kotor, or is that just okay? Never mind. Steven shook his head again. No, that's it's I'm a, really it's, disappointed this episode. <laughs> it's it's a lore thing. Uh, yeah. That I think came in after the games were made. Okay. Anyway, um, um I tend to go to Manon first, but that's because Manon's soundtrack is my favorite in the entire Coder series. Hmm. I love Manon. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will keep it to myself, so you're yeah. welcome to avoid. But I do. I keep it. I I, I do. I I don't know. The soundtrack is just beautiful. Yeah, I could listen to it as just like that's my ambient so I, music. Yeah, I gotta switch light to save on the funds. But I'm also like I can't play it on the TV with my sound system and everything. But anyway, that is that's where we're at with Kotor this week. Alrighty. Well, we. Uh, that's about where you are in Coder, and I haven't done much more than no. I haven't I haven't stepped off the Evan Hawk yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, I think that that about does it for this episode of Always Two There Are. Yeah. All right, we will catch you next week. See you guys.